really looking forward to uh, once again establishing a very exciting, innovative uh, form of football that, quite frankly, you've never seen before. Because so much has changed in terms of uh, the use of digital, social media didn't even exist uh, 20 years ago, and ways of distributing and, and ways of interest uh, in terms of the various devices, uh, which were not there either. But what has not changed is the love of football. That has not changed. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell, what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 9th, 2018. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Vince. This monumental week is in the books. Woo! After we attended the Cities and Stadiums press event, now it is time to break each city down and talk about what comes next in the process of reimagining football. This is episode 46, the great XFL late. Jake, Vince, I went to the big press event earlier this week. We did a bonus episode. Brian and I discussed and ran down everything that was said and went on that day. Now you guys are here for this traditional episode to talk some more about it, but in greater detail, we could dive into some specifics. We just kind of recapped what happened at the event. Before we get into everything, I do want to get just overall quickie review Uh, a Reader's Digest version from each of you. So we'll start with you, Jake, your overall thoughts of the press event announcing the cities and stadiums earlier in the week. I I mean, my overall impressions about it, I thought thought it was very good. You know, it was uh, all thriller, no filler. You know, it was the perfect length. It, it It didn't drag on. You got to know the information that you expected to get at an event like this, and I left pleased. Yeah, well, I don't know if it it might have dragged on for Oliver Luck. He did have to. I don't know if you heard. He had to stand up for almost two hours, no water, just answering no water. questions. They were throwing questions at him left and right. And I, was, I meant to say also salutations and uh, welcome to the, the show, Jake. Hope you had a great week. Uh, biggest week in XFL history, at least since the the rebirth in January. Right? I'm, I'm not wrong about that. No, um, you know, like you and Wire, like you and Brian's were talking about a couple of days ago. 44 weeks we've waited for this moment so much to discuss and we're going to start unpacking it this week but that's why we have weeks and weeks to go until kickoff weekend february 8th 2020 it's like getting a bunch of christmas presents and you gotta you want to play with them all but you gotta go one at a time right now yeah we have so much to to do here so jake man welcome to the biggest week of the year. Everybody on social media has been blowing up and, and hitting us up and interacting. It's been amazing. At XFL Show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of you who are getting super pumped this week, obviously with the big announcement. Uh, we've enjoyed interacting with you. Cannot wait to go down this road with you to 2020. Don't forget you could always call in 724-565-4XFL on the XFL fan line. We can even play your message right here on the show. Vince! Biggest week in XFL reimagined, reborn history. How did you enjoy it? I saw you were on our YouTube channel uh, unboxing a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat bag of gimmicks. Yeah, I gotta thank you for that. Uh, you picked me up a, a, a special swag bag from the press conference. You know, I, w- I was really uh, disappointed that I couldn't make it out there, but I feel like I was there. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I came home with the goods. You did, <laughs> and uh, I, I must say. You know, a lot of information coming out in this press conference, and I was thoroughly satisfied uh, <laughs> with with the presser. A couple a couple things raised some eyebrows, and we're going to get into it tonight. Oh, absolutely, we we will. And yeah, that swag bag uh, I was able to score for Vince. I got an extra. They did have cool swag bags there for all the media and attendees at the press event at MetLife Stadium. But the XFL also did send out some swag bags to fans. 
and uh, th- that's that's really cool of them, kind of like early Christmas presents to get people hyped up. And uh, we were able to actually score some extras for you as well. So listen throughout the show because at the coming up at the end of this show, we're going to tell you how you can win, how you could score yourself one of those awesome XFL bags full of cool XFL swag that you saw Vince on our YouTube channel unboxing. Uh, earlier in the week so listen up we'll tell you the details on how you can win that coming up later on in the show without further ado i'm ready to uh, like you said jake uh, unpack this all and dive deep into the details we only scratched the surface with that bonus episode with me and brian are you ready yeah let's get it started because there's a lot to talk about and even something brand new out of left field coming out this week that uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna mention at least yes very interesting development outside the xfl we'll have to talk about a little bit it'll be a part of our cover two going for two go for two and the lead all right first part of our cover two the reimagining test i guess in mississippi you would call it that the xfl was conducting ended Friday, this past Friday, with a test game. Now, many of you might have seen this YouTube video they put out. They also put out some social media quickie videos, 15, 20 seconds, uh, just showing what was going on in Mississippi with the with the NJCAA, the junior colleges helping out the XFL, testing out different rules. But they did put out an extended video. I'm hoping they re-release it. It was very informative and very interesting. Maybe the most interesting thing, I think, in terms of videos, guys, that they've put out. I don't know if, Vince, did you see the, the video? It kind of came and was taken down real quick. I did not get a chance to watch oh, it. But, yeah, but you have filled me in a little bit. I, I got some of these notes written down here. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yes. And, and this is what it's all about. And this is what I'm all about. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm all excited for the cities and the business end of the X. XFL, of course, in the TV deal, but the actual game yeah. and what the tweaks are going to ha- be, what was going on in Mississippi, uh, that's the very interesting yeah. stuff to me as yeah, a football yeah, freak. We're, we're, you know, the XFL, they're trying to reimagine the game. We've been talking about it since day one. We've been talking about how this league has to be different in order to succeed. They got to give the fans what they want. They got to reimagine the game and they're coming up with different ways to do it. And right now they're testing them out down in Mississippi. Yeah. And and that whole test went throughout the week, ended on Friday. Jake, did you check the YouTube video out at all? Were you able to catch it? it No, it was down already whenever I tried. Now you saw it. And I want to ask you, uh, do you think that this video was taken down because, you know, the XFL, they don't want to show their hands too early and perhaps tip off other leagues that may launch before them uh i don't i don't know that that could be something maybe they it is very informative there's a lot in this and we're going to talk about it all everything i took notes on it uh, or maybe they're just re-editing i don't know one thing who knows maybe it'll be back up by the time uh the Color episode drops maybe yeah every sun football sunday 7 a.m eastern if you're listening to the show right when it drops uh maybe that youtube video is back up with the you two-minute video of the XFL showing what went on in Mississippi during their test game. But if it's not up, this is what that video kind of specifically detailed, what might be considered and what was being tested and worked on throughout the week during these uh, reimagining tests in Mississippi with the community colleges. Uh, First, number one thing was a running clock, a running clock that only would stop in the traditional football sense within the last two minutes of halves, guys. So they tested out a, a basically a soccer clock with American football, Vince. Yeah, and you know we we've heard from the very beginning uh, saying that the game is going to be completed under two hours. Let's stall. Uh, let's stall more ball. Oliver Luck did say at the press conference under three hours. I don't know if he's backtracking a little bit or maybe the results of some of this testing. Uh, but yeah, th- it's very interesting. You got to like it. You know, you, we, nobody wants a dr- long, dr- drung out game. You know, some of these uh, NFL games are going on three and a half, four hours sometimes, uh, you know, and catering to young uh, people who don't have long attention spans. Especially Maybe this is what you got to do. Those Sunday night games, too. I mean, they oh, are yeah. excruciating. Oh, it's tough. And you think about you brought up, you know, like a, a European football uh, contest where, you know, those are running clocks. Soccer. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Soccer games. You know, it's a 90-minute ball game. You got uh, 
you know, maybe 20 minutes for halftime, a little bit of stoppage time. That thing ain't stopping for nothing. It's over in two hours. Boom, you're done. I was going to say, if they're going with this running clock, which I, you know, I would not argue against, do you think they would only do two halves in this? Oh, and not quarters? Yes. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any reason for it. I was going to say, I don't know why you would, you know, why would you would need quarter breaks if you're going to have this running clock? Uh, maybe I don't know if they were tweaking. See, running clock is what they in the video. We didn't obviously watch this test game. If they tested out final two minutes of the half or two two minutes of the quarter were the ones that stopped. Um, but yeah, maybe it'll just be two halves. I think that might turn some people off. That that that's just kind of an odd thing. What you know, two halves instead of quarters. Every every major sport except hockey and college basketball is a quarter. Are quarters right, and or I guess baseball has their innings, but right. Well, football co- fans are so used to quarters. Well, college basketball, you know, maybe moving the quarters uh, sooner than Plus, later. No one wants but, to hold up, you know, when you're going into the second half, walking out on the field a two. You want to hold up a four and promote peace, <laughs> which, which ain't ain't a bad idea. But you know, uh, you know, whenever I'm assuming that they're going to have a a you know a faster play clock. To go along with this, and if they do, yeah, 20, I don't, I don't, twenty-five th- seconds. I don't think told. anybody's really going to care. Yeah, we've been, know, I, we've been told twenty-five seconds. Also, interestingly enough, this wasn't in the video, but Pro Football Talk did report that a uh, designated ball spotter was was being uh, discussed and used in these tests, where referees had nothing to do with spotting the ball; they just worry about calling the plays, moving the action along, while designated ball spotters are out there running and putting the ball down in, in the spot where it belongs every play uh, efficiently and quickly. So if teams are going to be moving fast, uh, there's going to be someone having the ball spotted there for them. I think that's a great idea. Uh, let, right. let me let me briefly go back to the, this clock situation. Uh, okay, a little out there, but, but hear me out. What if they still did four 15-minute quarters, but it was just like a game of Madden where like one second wasn't really one second. It just went really fast. <laughs> just speed up the clock to yeah. extra 15 seconds. I, I don't know if you could do that in, in a non-video game setting there, Jake. Uh, so the running clock was one of the things tested in Mississippi uh, this past week. Another one, Canadian football thing here, with the one-yard neutral zone, an entire yard between – uh, offensive line and defensive line there, and even all the way through, you know, out to the receivers and DBs. Um, one thing I'm not a fan of in the CFL, I feel like this is a safety measure that they're going to test. They want to see just how much more safe it, it makes the game. I'm hoping, uh, this might sound a little uh, violent of me, but I'm hoping that the results don't show that it's any safer because those mini collisions and also being right up against each other, I think, you could tell the difference watching a CFL game versus regular American football. Well, I, uh, I, I can see your point there. I could see the player safety aspect of it, but remember, we are reimagining the game. Maybe this is what maybe this is what it needs to be. Yeah, if it's yeah, if the data suggests after they do these tests and they you know that they're, they're going to analyze it, everything from safety to how it looks to aesthetic to game flow. If they see this one-yard neutral zone as being that much safer, then of course that that's the way to go. But I'm kind of hoping against hope it doesn't. So they keep they keep players right up on the line as a former high school offense and defensive lineman, Jake. Do you think that this would aid the offense, which something obviously any yes. league would be looking for more scoring? You, you know, you have less time. You got you know too many Mississippi's before you get to the quarterback if you back them off in a whole yard. Hard enough to rush the passer, well, you know, with no neutral zone. Well, I mean, you got a, you got a yard like, start, you know, to propel your – maybe I'm, not propel yourself. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here and say that, you know, if you're a defensive lineman, you know, you're you're off the ball, you're, you're off the line of scrimmage, you know, the, the offensive lineman can't get his hands on you real quick and hold you to death. So immediately at least, and you got time to set up your pass rush and move. So I think it, it. I think it helps both. I, th- you know, I think it it can go either way. Well, here's maybe something that will uh, give a little bit back to the defensive linemen because this. I was looking at the highlights and it seemed like players were down, but there was a graphic in that YouTube video taken off the internet by the XFL 
that did say had Doug Whaley saying how much more violent would it be if offensive linemen weren't in a three-point stance no three-point stance for offensive linemen being experimented with Vince what do you think of that notion it's uh, it's gonna make the the running game very it's gonna make the running game very interesting you know those uh you know you combine these two rules here and you know a third and short i mean that's not that's not what you grew up with um you know that this this screams you know that they're they're you know they're they're built for a passing league that, oh, that's yeah, what yeah. that's what this is about it's gonna be a passing league for yeah. sure i agree with that because that's one thing that the uh original XFL wasn't right it, there was it was tough to find those guys lighting it up through the air Tommy Maddox came on but actually before him it was more Je- Jeff Brom was kind of the, the man throwing the ball really well but not the stats at least didn't compare to what you see in the NFL these days the XFL is going to want to watch want to have some great uh passing attacks that's what you know puts butts in seats Jake uh, no three-point stance for offensive linemen. Could you see that working and being something to enforce? I'm I'm trying to picture it in my mind, and it, it looks like everybody's just standing around with you know with their hands on their hips, like they're waiting in line for a bowl of soup <laughs> or something. Uh, that that would be very different, kind of like the the two halves. You know, you may get your average fan, you know, uh, well, channel surfing. They see it in it. They think they know what it is, but it just it just looks a little bit off, or maybe they don't want to stick around. Well, it, if you're watching a lot of college football today, it's uh, you know with spread offenses and sub packages, there aren't too many people in three point stances anyway. Guards uh, are <laughs> not a. It's uh, some of the you know some of these you know teams that go shotgun every play. You know, yeah, the the guards really don't you know even need to do that. I don't think. Yeah, it it might be something at least in new football that's maybe unnecessary. It, it, the three point stance, like the three hundred and fifty pound nose tackle, might be like a dinosaur. Yeah, if anything, it's going to promote better posture. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> Less back issues for offensive linemen, hopefully. Uh, and also, so special teams wasted plays a big thing that Oliver Lux talked about. They don't want to have plays that are wasted. No fluff. You know, you got penalties on like every punt return in the NFL these days. They want to make those mean something and impact the game. They want kickoffs to impact the game. So some changes and ideas they have. A five-yard halo on punt returns with no fair catch. I really feel like that is going to put a lot of value on punts and make punts more exciting and seems like an easy thing the NFL should have thought of years ago. Yeah, and this is something they could test out. You know, in the original XFL, there was no fair catches at all. But there was no five-yard halo Extremely dangerous. (laughs) You know, here you got five yards, which ain't a whole lot, but at least it gives you a chance to to do something. Maybe at least to fall on the ground if you think you're going to get hurt real bad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you got five yards, but, you know, somebody running downfield full sprint, if they time that correctly, that's still going to be a wall upon you. Oh, that's a that's a lot. You got to be a real fast dude. You got to be running a four two to catch to really wallop a guy five yards without him being able to. I think it still happen. I mean, these punt returners, I'm hoping, are going to have the agility to with five yard buffer guy coming at you full speed, be able to evade. That's the whole experiment, though, right? They want to see if that is enough to give them room to avoid that crazy collision. Um, I'm interested in that for sure. I think that sounds sounds right to me. Five yards, that's an Oklahoma drill. No one's no one's getting unless it's helmet to helmet. I mean that you should be fine getting hit by a guy who's five yards on a punt. Uh, also a five yard buffer on kickoffs instead of, you know, the the huge gap and players running full speed smashing into each other on kickoffs. You decrease that distance, you in, decrease the impact. What do you think of a five yard buffer on kickoffs, Vince? So I'm having a hard time understanding this one. It, it's five the the players are going to be five yards further back. The, or, the kicking team will be five yards from the receiving team. Instead of the 10-yard the ten yard oh, it's gap. it's only going to be five. It'll be a five-yard gap. And also something that was brought up that they might have been working on. I didn't see the video of this. I don't know if this was even on the YouTube video that the XFL put out. But one notion we heard coming from Mississippi was that Kicking the kicking team would have to wait for the ball to be caught or touched before they could pursue and oh, run down the holy field. Holy smokes! That's uh, a lot, 
A lot of green to cover. That's gonna. That's a hell of a lot of green there. I don't. That just seems like it's gonna be too and too too much for the uh, for the return team there. But hey, that's why you test it out. You know, that's that's why this this uh, laboratory that they have going on in, in Mississippi is so important. Yeah, I'm. I, this really sounds like an alpha that you know that they're they're trying to run out here. Uh, I do not. Like Vince, I don't like that waiting to catch the ball before you can take off. I mean, if that's the case, why don't they just give the, you know, give the receiving team the ball on the goal line and then the referee, you know, shoots a pistol when everybody takes off then. Um, <laughs> well, I am I, in favor of, of a, a pistol <laughs> being shot to start the game. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, we know we don't want those, those hard collisions, but only five yards from the uh, – you know, from the kicking team and the receiving team, yeah, that's – I don't know. Those are going to be big rushes, I would think, unless you try to pooch the ball over top and we don't know if there's going to be onside kicks. That's that's an option. I don't know. I think that sounds pretty exciting. you got to hold your blocks a long time if it's only five-yard distance there. Um, the waiting for the ball to be touched or caught, I'd have to see that because I can't even – I can't fathom without – it's just something we've never seen before. I would be in favor, too, of maybe pushing the kickoff back even further and uh, making the kickers kick it further because these guys are just kicking it out of the stadium now, Vince. Yeah, I mean, how many returns are there really in the NFL? And it, and it is just a big waste of time. You know, you kick it off, sometimes there's even a commercial break. I'm just a, I'm just happy the XFL isn't giving up tapping out on the kickoff like the AAF did, Jake. We want to keep the foot in football. Yeah, you need again. You need kickoffs like like we're pretty sure you need four quarters. That that's something that you need in the game. So these were just some of the tweaks that we heard about in the, the YouTube video, and also some reports coming out of the Mississippi tests that the XFL was running. These were being conducted and held and run by Senior Vice President of Football Operations Doug Whaley, the former GM of the Bills, of course, and Director of Football Operations Sam Schwartzstein. And they put out some Twitter and Instagram videos as well and Facebook for the XFL's uh, social media. Just real quick, short, just explaining what they were doing there, working with the junior colleges and talking about how it was all about safety, appearance, and the flow of the game. And it's basically a football laboratory that they created down there in Mississippi, and more are going to come. Uh, Vince, you hear they're going to get together with the Spring League, which popped up last year. Johnny Manziel was a part of that thing, the XFL partnering up with them to experiment and uh, reimagine the game of football. I, I did I did hear that. Yeah, as, as, you know, as much uh, you know, experimentation as you can do, the better. You know, you, you don't just... You know, start a high stakes game of Monopoly and come up with a rule that says, you know, every time you roll a six, you're going to get five hundred dollars, yeah, without knowing the consequences of it. And and here, you know, they're they're coming up with new rules to make the game better than it already is, and they're testing them out, and they got a whole year to do it. That's what I can't I can't wait to see all this unfold. A whole year long preseason, Jake. Uh, Jake, we got to figure out a way to sneak into one of these. Uh, football labs, one of these test games. I want to see one of them so bad, right? We need. I need to know what that kickoff looks like. What do you say we go down to Texas for the spring league and watch some of those? We just need to get really good at, you know, uh, cooking hot dogs and hamburgers and, and get in there with the concession stand and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, catch a view. But yeah, pose, it, pose as a stadium worker. Uh, so well, maybe those games will be open to the public, though, the spring, the spring league. We'll see. Uh, how that goes, the XFL took this YouTube video down, and you know we said earlier maybe that was to maybe not tip their hand, Vince. Do you think these test games will be open to the public? Should they be open to the public as they you know go through more of them with the junior colleges and the spring league and other partners? No, I, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think the public needs to hear anything about it until until a lot later on, until we get closer. Now, you know things you do want to unveil is you know. You know, maybe your players, your coaches for the teams, you know, as soon as you can announce those. But, you know, you don't want to be giving away any of these rules. You certainly don't want to see people testing them out because what what if some of the stuff you're testing is no good? And, you know, it, we know it's all about the quality of the play. That is the most it's important the thing the 
in this league. It's been talked about at nauseum. We heard it mentioned in the press conference. You don't want to show, even though you're you're testing out these new rules, you're testing them out with guys at, at junior colleges, not necessarily players that are going to be in your league. And so maybe the quality of the play isn't going to be that good. You don't want to give anybody any idea that this is not going to be a success. Well, the tests will continue, and we've got a whole year of them from the XFL. And any information that we get from them, of course, we'll be talking about it right here on This is the XFL Show. Uh, real quick, guys, before we get to the second part of the cover, too, we do have some social media coming in at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And the question from uh, one of our loyal followers this week asking uh, – all of us, I kind of address this with Brian on the bonus episode. Who will you be rooting for now that the eight cities have been announced? So, uh, Jake, it's it's to you, man. We've got one of our listeners asking. They want to know who, where does your loyalty lie? Where's your bias with these eight XFL teams now? Who are you rooting for? Do you have a team well, yet? Uh, no, I, I don't have a team yet. It, it's very simple. I don't know the team colors or the logos of any of these clubs and that's what i need to know to make that's what matters most to even you even more important than players really yeah wow. how, how about you vince uh i i do kind of think that this could be a player's league and that you know you need to see you know whoever your guy is you know that's that's who you're gonna be on uh i'm not from any of these towns so uh, I don't have anybody that I'm, I'm jumping on right this second, but I think as I hear more, I, w- I will latch on the one. I, I promise you that. Well, uh, Brian and I already came out as L.A. fans, especially if they're the L.A. extreme again. So uh, you just know, know this, and if you don't root for our team, um, then we're, there's going to be some bad blood all of a sudden on the show every week once the season starts in 2020. So you guys have a year, basically, to come to our side. Or pay the consequences. I might, I might mute, have your microphones muted every now and then. Well, maybe, we're going to have, have to see what happens. Maybe, but I'll, mean, be, maybe I'll become a, a big fan of their rival, the St. Louis team. <laughs> I don't know if that'll be their rival. St. Louis-LA rivalry. Yeah, well, there are some rivalries set up with the cities already naturally because of geography, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. Thanks to uh, listener and follower David who asked us that question on social media, at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And um, we are going to have a drive, uh, not for one of our social medias, though. We're going to have a, a, a kind of a listener drive for our Apple Podcast subscribers coming up. We're trying to blow the show up a little bit more. We're trying to get you more content. And, and to do that, we need to uh, increase those algorithms. So we're going to have a very exciting giveaway and drive on our Apple Podcast uh, feed. So we're going to give you the details on that coming up. Keep listening. we got plenty left to talk. Like this, our second part of the cover, too, guys. And this is, you know, just when you think the madness is over, there's another spring football league, a third one now. And some people are worried this might dilute what the XFL is trying to do. Now you have the AAF, and now we have the FFL, the Freedom Football League, which was announced by Ricky Williams, the former running back out of Texas and uh, NFL. Would you call him an NFL legend? He was pretty good in the NFL. I'd say an NFL legend, not a Hall of Famer. He was on Outside the Lines on ESPN. And Ricky Williams announced the Freedom Football League, guys, a league that is being created and run by more than 50 ex-players, including Ricky Williams, Simeon Rice, Terrell Owens, Jeff Garcia, Dexter Jackson, and Mike Allstott, and... The Freedom Football League is going to be for fans and by players, as announced by Ricky Williams. What are your thoughts on the Freedom Football League, Vince? It sounds to me like you might be getting your seven-on-seven league, buddy. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be getting something here. I mean, this just... uh, This is trash, bro. I mean, this is... I I can't believe what this is. I mean, this is... This is a don't a, hold a, back. a sideshow if I've ever seen one. I mean, where where is the financial backing here? I mean, I mean, yeah, these guys, you know, they were you know good great players in in their own right at some time, and I, I'm sure they made you know some decent money, but they're not a billionaire like Mr. McMahon. I mean, I I just don't understand you know what this is. I mean, yeah, yeah seven on seven league, I suppose. Um, but you know, if it's just a 
If That's just, just speculation, by the way. It's, no one knows the rules or if this is a seven-on-seven league. I think they have league. to hope it's a seven-on-seven league. If it's just another football league, then it's. I just don't see this last. Well, they're really I, going after this is the you know the the equality league, the social justice league. This is the league. You what know, does for that even players, mean? By, by players and for the fans. It's J- the- Jake. They also, and I want to hear Jake's thoughts on this. Season ticket holders will be considered part owners of the of the ten franchises that they will have in the well, FFL. It's, it's probably a necessity. They probably couldn't fund it <laughs> any other way. And, and Alan, I mean, you told me about this, and you know, maybe you and Brian can speak a little better about this. But whatever year, you know, there was that California recall for the governor, and just everybody was coming out of the woodwork, throwing their hat in. I, I think. Gary Coleman was on the ballot. Uh, again, this just seems like an issue where everybody and their brothers, you know, throwing their hat into the ring to start a football league. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing. I don't know if this league will ever play the game. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, I went to their website. It, it was a. I'll say uh, not as polished as the uh, XFL or, or even the AAF, freedomfootball.co. Is it, is it hosted by GeoCities? No, no, but it is. It is not a .dot com. It's a .dot co. Um, the, the league mission statement is to it's it's quote. Here's the quote: to attract football players at their highest level of athletic ability, including those defecting from the NFL, graduating college or high school, or playing in international or alternative professional football leagues. Uh, and you know, it's they're saying all the right things, but there's it's really hard especially with what the AAF has presented in terms of technology and what the XFL has presented in terms of uh you know Oliver Luck being a part of it and the capital Vince McMahon has and of course the success of the WWE like Vince said what what these these are these guys you know credit to them this is what they're going after they're trying to make a league for players but this just seems like a, a really hard hard kind of cause for them to get any backing or support or or success out of but you know it's football so i'll have my eyeball on it and they already have their 10 teams vince here are the names i know you love team names san diego warriors oklahoma city power portland progress texas revolution ohio players there might be some copyright laws involved with that one florida strong birmingham kings st louis independence connecticut underground and Oakland Panthers. Yeah, I a lot of different directions there. Uh, not all bad. I, I'll say that. Uh, Texas Revolution, big fan of that. <laughs> um, uh, but to me, th- this this league sounds more like a, a movement or a faction. Like like they want to put together like a stable of players that, that are that are that are in another league. I mean, it, just people that all all you know subscribe to the same beliefs that they do. It's, it's, you, very pro wrestling is how you painted it out there, Vince. If you had to guess a number, how many players do you think are uh, defecting from the NFL? And they're saying no, thank you to that contract. I'd like to go play somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, we'll see, I think we will see some of those uh, going to the XFL and even the uh, AAF. Not, not to this. I hard, is this hard to see. Like, hard to see that is this going to be the big three league? That's uh, what some know. have equated it to. Is it's a very big three esque the one the basketball league that Ice Cube runs. Well, that I, I actually have seen that on television a little bit. So perhaps yeah. what you know we're like is is this league going to play in the summer? Maybe so that you know the, people it, that could play like just all year round, spring and summer. They did say so. Maybe into the late later into the later spring and early summer months. Uh, here's a quote from um, the, the site on safety being important. Permanent and reliable, holistic health and wellness support on and off the field for players. Uh, That translates to me, guys. This is the weed league. This is the players who are mad about getting drug tested, starting their own league so they could uh, smoke weed and play some football. Maybe I'm dumbing it down a little there, but the the Freedom Football League throwing their hat into the ring. Here's what it says on the website real quick, Vince. This is kind of – they're not not, not making this – uh, subtle at all big bold letters on their website when you go to it football reimagined 
a true alliance between players and fans. Going yeah, after the other two spring yeah, leagues there. Yeah, co- basically copying off of <laughs> the yeah. alliance. And, and, yeah, you might. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to like try to poke fun or maybe, you know, puff your chest out the other leagues, don't just blatantly rip off their slogans. Yeah, yeah. Come up with something like where the big boys play or something <laughs> yes. like that. Yeah, I, this is a this is a movement even would be better. I don't know. I think the best thing, you know, if I could say anything positive about this uh, Freedom Football League, I, I like their website because you can really interact with some of the big pictures if you hover your mouse over it. <laughs> I was kind of And there's also like some nice mouse trails on the, on the homepage. Too. I was kind of confused. All the big images were moving when I scrolled yeah. over them in odd ways. I, I thought my computer broke. No. Hey, good luck to the FFL. I'll, we'll keep an eyeball on it. Uh, really hard to imagine their reimagining of football being more exciting than what the XFL's already presented. And... I'll even say what the AAF's already doing. So, uh, but another spring league question though. One one fan did say this on social me- media real quick. Vince, does this dilute the XFL or the AAF at all? No, I mean this. I, I, I don't like Jake said. I I don't think this is really going to happen. I mean, <laughs> who's going to sign up to play? I mean, and how are they going to pay them? <laughs> what if Vince? What if it was just like high school all-star teams would you be okay with that oh absolutely but that's uh, it's not gonna happen i mean that's i mean if, if it was some of these guys listed that were actually playing like in a seven on seven league like if it was essentially like player coaches like a a, a flag football game <laughs> of you know the 2008 pro bowl <laughs> uh, you know, si- sign me up. I'll watch it. But you know, I like you know if it's To versus Ricky Williams, you know that's great. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that would be the the football equivalent, right, of AI versus Rashid Wallace in the Big Three. So uh, I'm I, I'm interested, but uh, not hopeful as, as much as I am, of course, for the XFL and the AAF. Even let's uh, take it away. The co- that's our cover too. It's time to get to these eight cities, the Great Eight here, guys. Obviously, we, we've got a lot to unpack, Jake. Uh, go through each city, their stadium, and what they present as a club thus far. We don't have names. We don't have logos or anything. Those are being worked on. But it's time to talk about, Are they? The, can we call them the original eight, Jake? Or should we just say stick with grade eight? Uh, either way, I think that's correct. I, I like to rec- recognize the 2001 XFL. But either way, here we go. Breaking down the eight XFL cities announced this week. In this week's hot read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, Flip, Caliber. Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Burger, Tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. We need cheese! All right, here we go. We have eight officially official XFL cities. We talked about them on the bonus episode last week. Obviously, they leaked, but here they are once again for you. Washington, D.C., St. Louis, L.A., New York, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Houston, Dallas. 2020, those will be our eight XFL cities. They all had their representatives up at the press conference. Uh, Cool little video packages as well. Uh, Music kind of uh, from... With the flavor for each city, Jake, did you notice that? Which music and which video package did you dig the most? Did any of those sway you in terms of who you'll root for? Uh, you know, all I can remember is that the gentleman from Tampa, I, I believe, stole the show because every day is game day. I, every, I really like that slogan. Every day is game day in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that that was his. Uh, Vince, what did you think of those uh video packages and the people who represented the cities and stadiums. I thought it was a good idea to get everybody familiar with uh, you know why these uh, cities were chosen and you know get a face up there whether they may not be the you know the permanent face of the league but you had somebody up there promoting them. Yeah, we, we were talking about that on the bonus episode. Bummer weren't they weren't like celebrity representatives of each city and stadium but yeah. Having someone, nonetheless, is, is good. I Plus, those are the people that actually, you know, did the work to get the XFL to choose these cities. 
I mean, it would have hit home more maybe if they would have used a celebrity, but. Were you hoping that Nelly was going to come out there from St. Louis? (laughs) I think that would have been the number one choice there. I I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And for Houston, who do you go with? Booker T? That would have been the easy choice, at least. I don't know. Uh, Well, those are the eight cities, and now let's uh, go through each one of them real quick, shall we? Let's start with Washington, D.C. They will play at Audi Field, the new soccer stadium home of the D.C. United. It's over there in the Navy Yards, they call it there, Vince. Real nice area where the Nationals play. Lots to do. And this Audi Field is going to be rocking now with not only D.C. United, who I don't know if they'll have Wayne Rooney again next year, but he certainly was killing it there this year. And now they have American football being played in a 20,000-seat soccer stadium. Jake, what do you think of Washington, D.C.? getting a team and their stadium, their venue, what kind of atmosphere do you think they will have? Well, I like the pick, you know, I don't believe it was one that we selected as a finalist, but it was definitely one that we discussed as a potential uh, site for this. You got a new field, it's not too big. You should be able to, you know, fill, fill it up or fill enough of it up. Like we said before, it's better to turn people away than to, you know, have the cameraman not show that that part of the seats. Any concern with all the colleges and the Ravens and Redskins being in the area already? Do you think the football fans that are that crazy there that spring football will work in DC? Well, I mean, it's going to be at a different time of the year, and uh, you know, the Redskins—they're they're hit or miss. Seems you know they somehow still have a chance, I believe, at, at winning that division. Uh, this year but you know it seems like the people in that town they can turn on that team and not show up very quickly depending on their performance so perhaps like st louis they're looking to adopt another and twenty thousand people for american football in that area where people are bloodthirsty for american football i mean the redskins stink and they had that long streak of sellouts vince I don't think DC is going to have a problem. I think actually they're going to have a huge advantage playing in that Audi field. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it'll be that difficult, you know. And, and that's something that you know is a theme in all, almost all these cities. Big cities don't have. Uh, they almost all of them have NFL teams. Um, so you know, they're not the they're not the college atmosphere, you know, that we speculated. Uh, you know, you know, it's not. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, everything stops once uh, you know the Super Bowl's over, and they don't know what to do, and and they're and they're thirsty for football. Now they're going to get some here in DC. I think the only thing holding this back is the traffic, <laughs> terrible traffic in that area. Uh, but you, you only need twenty thousand people there. A lot of can people get, within a lot of people within walking distance. I was going to say, can you get to the stadium through public transportation? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Hop, be a big. hop, hop on the metro. You got it. St. Louis will be playing at the Dome at America Center. We talked a lot about St. Louis, the first team that broke news uh, last week, or yeah, over a week ago, and uh, they are the former playing in the former home of the Rams. The Dome holds sixty-seven thousand plus. 26-year-old, actual, legitimate, American football-sized stadium, indoors. Obviously, we talked about the city getting a team, Jake. That's great news. They deserve it. What about the stadium? What about the atmosphere? Do they have an advantage playing in, in a dome? Is it a disadvantage because it's so big? What are your thoughts on St. Louis? Well, like I said last week, it is time for St. Louis to show up. They need to pack that dome and I do think you know the home opener is going to be big it's going to be loud in there I think I this know. would be the craziest in the first week February I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would agree for this place because and perhaps they have the advantage just out of spite you know that that their team that they still supported you know they they packed up and uh and, and went for Hollywood so yeah I expect week one this place have the loudest crowd and put the most butts in. The and, and, I don't know if you're going to put sixty-seven thousand in them. But. I think they could come close in week one. And you know what I'm doing? If I if I'm the league, February eighth, that first game you have in the big prime time slot, you put L.A. on the road in St. Louis. Vince. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about a rivalry? You know, this is this is probably the city I got mo- most got my eye on 
you know, uh, you know, they were the first announced. We had the uh, the gentleman from the news broadcast on on uh, uh, our our show. You could Frank go back. Yeah, yeah, you could go back in the archives, listen to the interview with him. We've had fans from St. Louis just clamoring for an XFL team. At, the XFL came out with Twitter accounts for all all the teams. And St. Louis is leading with the most followers. Yeah, you right know now. they're they're talking a whole lot of Yang here, and with the uh, the announcement from Mr. Luck that we're going to have very affordable ticket prices, uh, I would expect, you know, with all the talk they're having that this team can can fill up this stadium and really put on a good show, and we're going to find out. I, I'm challenging them to stand up and fill that barn. Stand up, St. Louis. In the Dome at America Center. That is going to be rocking at least week one. We'll see how it sustains. That might just depend on the quality of the play, as we say. Los Angeles playing in the StubHub Center. Jake, home of the LA Galaxy and the LA Chargers. 27,000 person soccer stadium. Not in LA proper. Out in Carson, California. Ah, Bryant and I have talked about this. He thinks people will go to Carson. I don't like the team playing that far away from L.A., even though it's right there. It's still kind of a drive. Everything in L.A. is a drive, but that's kind of more of a drive. That's a concern for me as an L.A. fan, too. But what are your thoughts on them playing in a soccer stadium, a place the Chargers cannot fill? Well, I like them playing in a soccer stadium. I don't know the geography like you two do. Uh, you got to remember, there's still not that many legitimate Chargers fans at Chargers home games. Uh, you know, the road team usually fills up the rest of those seats, but I I, I think this is going to be close between, uh, you know, Audi Field at DC. It's going to probably be right around that 15,000 mark, I would I, I would predict right now. I, a marketing campaign right away for the LA team. I'll tell you, you have to stress born in Los Angeles because the Rams and the Chargers aren't. At least these Chargers. They what, came from What San are the Diego. burger shacks like that are near this stadium? Oh, in Carson, they do have some good burgers and donuts right. out there, but that's well, everywhere in L.A. All right. Well, uh, that's. I, I think that's going to help. <laughs> New York at MetLife Stadium. The New York XFL team will be playing at MetLife, home of the press conference this past week, uh, home of the Jets, home of the Giants, home of WrestleMania, and an 82,500-person football stadium, an elite Stadium, if there is one uh, in the XFL, this is this is the big daddy of them all. This is a big old barn, and this is going to be tough to come close to those eighty. But twenty thousand in MetLife. Oliver Luck said twenty thousand is the goal for all the teams, really. But what do you think twenty thousand at MetLife Stadium for football would look like, Vince? Could they make that look presentable? Uh, you know, twenty thousand is really not that much. I mean, even if you tarp the whole upper deck, it's still not going to look. Uh, great, but like he said, Mr. McMahon likes to think big, and this is thinking big right here. Uh, you know, he, you know, Mr. McMahon would love nothing more than than to fill this joint, and I'm I'm not saying he's gonna do it, but I, he's gonna try his damnedest to do it. And you know, it's I think it's making a statement. We're gonna be in the biggest market, and we're gonna have the biggest house. Well, Jake, do you think that? Them playing in Jersey at MetLife as opposed to one of the soccer stadiums in the city. Uh, the reason be behind that might be because gambling in New Jersey is legal. It's the only gambling state in the XFL or, or city in the XFL. Yeah, I, I'm not reading that much into it. I, I think it's like, you know, like Vince said, you want to get out there. You you know, you want to you want to go out and say we're going to be here in the biggest house that there is. You know, you look for me up on the hill with the bright lights, and that's where <laughs> I'll be. Now, if I'm the XFL, I think I do want to be strategic about this one. I want to have that Febu February 8th. I want to have this game in MetLife Stadium. Uh, you know, maybe they could – they need to have a fan fest or something to bring people in because short of a super kick party, it's going to be very <laughs> difficult to put a lot of people in this. But that's why, you know, you have people out. Uh, you know, you have – have inflatable slides, something for the kids to throw footballs at, at targets, uh, maybe, maybe a two-for-one. I, I don't know, but uh, out of all the places, this one is going to be the most difficult to put enough people in, just ratio-wise, for how big it is. That's the uh, that's the 
tough thing about going big. I mean, there is going too big, but you got to be in, in New York, New Jersey area for sure. A lot of people upset I saw on social media that it wasn't in even Yankee Stadium or one of the soccer stadiums, but a great partnership Vince McMahon has with MetLife Stadium. So you know they'll do it world, world class. Just hopefully people make it there to support that team. Tampa Bay will play at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Bucks, the USF Bulls, multiple Super Bowls. 22-year-old stadium holds 66,000, a traditional American football stadium. I love that building, Vince. I've been there for a Super Bowl, and I think this will uh, – might, it might be tough to, to fill. The Bucks even have trouble giving away tickets to get people to go watch there, but uh, you could have fun in the Tampa Bay area. No doubt about that, but also don't rule out all the snowbirds. They're going to be down in Tampa uh, during the you know the month of February. A lot of New March. York accents at Tampa Bay XFL team. Yeah, games. So, so you know they may be you know they may attract some fans there. Uh, it, it it is a big big stadium, no doubt about that. It, it's it's going to be tough, but I, I could see this one working. I really could. Jake, your thoughts on Tampa Bay playing in, in Raymond James Stadium? I, I don't know if I see, you know, Frank Talanapo, come on, get into Cadillac. We got to go see this new football league here. But, I, you know, it's a possibility. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, I, I, sounds to me, Jake, like you have the, the lowest expectations for the Tampa Bay team. Well, I don't know if I have the lowest expectations for them. It's, it's too early to say, but you, you do have an NFL-sized stadium here, and it's going to be difficult to put a lot of people in there. I, I think New York... New York will put more in it, although, it, you know, there are more seats. If you're good, Tampa Bay will support you, I have a feeling. Seattle playing at CenturyLink Field, home of the Sounders, home of the Seahawks. When those teams are good, it's crazy at that stadium. 72,000 it holds. Soccer even gets 40-something thousand usually. 16-year-old stadium, beautiful place in Seattle, Washington. Vince, uh, how do you think the XFL will fare? Do you think they'll have that Seattle Sounders atmosphere? I think it will. You know, you know, Seattle, a quirky town. Uh, we talked about them. They like all the weird off-the-wall stuff. Uh, this is something that they're going to get behind there, Seattle. Jake, what do you think of Seattle playing in the home of the Seahawks and the Sounders? Do you think all that enthusiasm, the loud stadium, will keep echoing when the XFL takes the field? Uh, yeah, I do. I really think it could. But I think that the Sounders, they need to have a clear partnership. And, you know, this is something they talked about at the at the conference. We're not just renting somewhere to place, we, you know, somewhere to play. We want to move in here. We want to form a, a relationship with the current tenants and also the town. So, yeah, I think if, if the Sounders, you know, get involved with them here, like Vince said, a, a lot of, you know, dare I say hipsters out there that I think <laughs> will support this. Well, I, I, I think Seattle's going to have the support. But I just want to uh, make make it clear right now, um, there there are rivals, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bash them as every opportunity, Vince. The Seattle <laughs> team could go to hell. No, I'm kidding. Them good attendance, though. <laughs> yeah, push it for good attendance. But Seattle and LA expecting some great games in 2020. Uh, Houston playing at T. This the shot. This the surprise. We didn't know where they'd play. We knew the city. TD ECU Stadium, home of the Houston Cougars. Vince, that holds 40,000, a college football stadium, a new one, opened in 2014, home of the XFL Houston. Is, is it on the campus of University of Houston? TDECU Stadium, I believe so. Okay. Uh, you know, interesting setup there, but, uh, you know, a nice stadium. Uh, you know, this is the kind of the size for a stadium I think that they're looking for. You know, I think if they could have every stadium be around this size, I think they would do that. Um, you know, Houston, big market, love their football there. Uh, I, I don't see any problem with them being able to, to uh, do well in this market. Vince, would you hold a student rush night or have student sections in this state? Absolutely, perhaps? absolutely. You know, this is, you know, you know the University of Houston... Uh, you know, ha- have has had some good ball clubs recently, um, but you know, you never quite quite got over the hump, got to the big bowl game that they were expecting. But now maybe, uh, you know, this XFL team is going to fill that void. I think Houston, Texas, a- any stadium they were going to play in there, they're going to get the love. 
Uh, this is very interesting because it's college kids are now going to have ac easy access to this team. Uh, look out for that atmosphere. That could be the sneaky, sneaky, really good one in the league. Dallas, finally here, guys. They're playing at Globe Life Park, a.k.a. the ballpark at Arlington, a.k.a. the soon-to-be former, former home of the Texas Rangers, who are going to move to Globe Life Field, which is all a part of kind of the same complex and really revolutionary. Bryant actually tweeted out a great article uh, written about it, how they are trying to not you know leave this stadium, this current park, and leave it like the Astrodome or Silverdome and leave it decrepit and just to do nothing. They're going to renovate Globe Life Park, and they're going to renovate it for the XFL, and that's where that team's going to play. It holds 48,000. It's going to be renovated to maybe hold more. We'll see. It opened in 1994, so it's not that old, and I think a perfect place for an XFL team. What a great story, too, and it could actually set the standard for future uh, cities to you know repurpose already useful stadiums yeah it's a smart idea uh, i'm interesting to see interested to see how they uh set it up for uh football as opposed to baseball from my memory of this area there is a lot going on uh in, in this neck of the woods in dallas uh so it's, it's an entertainment destination and i think they're gonna do well you know dallas just like houston crazy for their football looking for something big to do during the spring I think this is what it's all about. Jake, when it comes to Dallas repurposing a baseball field for football, do you think this innovative idea will actually work? And is it a useful way of maintaining operations of a, uh, a vacated stadium? It's football in the state of Texas. I think that answers my question. <laughs> I think that's all you need to say. And that's all we have to say on the eight cities. Let us know what you think about each of them, who you think has an advantage when it comes to their stadium and their selection and what they got going on with everything so far. We don't have team names or logos yet, which real quick, rapid fire. I know I'm springing this on you guys and we're running out of time. Uh, Jake. Off the top of your head, please don't think too much about it. But you tell me, I'm going to give you a city, the cities, and you tell me the, the first name you think that team should have based on everything you know about them so far. All right. All right. Well, uh, you're putting me on the spot. Let's, let's see what happens here. Fast money. Fast money. We're going to go through all eight. Vince, you hang tight. We're going to do it with you as well. First up, Jake, Washington, D.C. The Washington Monuments. All right, I like it. You can do a lot there. St. Louis. Scoundrels. Scoundrels? People in St. Louis are nice. L.A. I only had a couple seconds to think about this. Uh, L.A., you know, it didn't work out the first time, but I think it can work out the second time. The L.A. Kiss. <laughs> Talk about finding a true partnership. <laughs> Good luck negotiating with Gene Simmons. New York. I actually thought about this one on the press conference. The New York Empire. Cool. Uh, what about Tampa Bay? Tampa, um, Tampa Bay Talons, let's say. Seattle. Uh, it's got to be something where the logo is green. Uh, Seattle, how about the Seattle Sonic? Bringing that back. <laughs> Just drop <laughs> the S for copyright purposes. Houston, <laughs> Houston, Texas. Uh, the, the Houston, the, the Houston hype. I love it. Dallas. And the Dallas, the Dallas Sheriffs. Oh, That's very, the list. Yeah, really, really good. Look at Jake did it, Vince. You should be able to. We're going to run through them off the top of your head. First team name you think of for the new XFL franchise in each city, starting with D.C. D.C.? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, <sighs> Hawks ticking. No more uh, than two the, seconds. The The Bills. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a Bill. All right, it makes sense. St. Louis. I prefer the Williams, but that's good, too. St. <laughs> Louis. Uh, the Lose. L.A. Uh, gotta go L.A. Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> New York. Uh, oh, man. New York. New York. Uh, uh, the Speed. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay Yellowfins. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go with Grouper. <laughs> Maybe Landshark. Seattle. Oh, oh, they got to be the Salmon. Uh, Houston. Uh, the Steers. And Dallas. 
Dallas Freebirds. Oh, I like it. All right. Yeah, when those fighting salmon hit the field and start blasting Metallica, look out. <laughs> I can't wait for salmon versus grouper. Uh, uh, those, those are good. Well, everybody has their team names. They're all on social media. That's like the biggest debate going, of course. Uh, and the XFL has said that they're speaking with local creative services and artists and all sorts of people in each market to determine those team names. We don't know if votes will be up, like put up for us to, you know, have our say, but hey, that league's listening, right, Vince? So Abs- I can't suggest- stress that enough. If you live in one of these cities and you have an idea for what the team name should be, do not hesitate to contact, you know, Oliver Luck himself. And tell him, uh, you know, what your idea is because they are listening. Or, you know, a really good way to be heard is actually to call our XFL fan line because, I mean, they're when they're listening, they're listening to you on social media. They're listening to this show. So call in 724-565-4XFL. Be heard with your suggestions. And uh, though you heard Vince and Jake's there, that's it. I think we could wrap up the hot read now. Well, well I well mean, you put us on the spot here for our, you know, our team name. So we're, we're going to have to, you know, put you on the spot. So who you got for this Washington uh, club? I have to do it too. That's I made this. Everybody has to do it. Uh, Crooks. <laughs> uh, St. Louis. Good. Uh, gatekeepers. Oh, that's a good one. L.A. Extreme, you gotta go. They're the defending champs. Come on. New York. Skyscrapers. Tampa. Uh, why not keep the old USFL Tampa Bay Bandits? They were cool. Uh, the Seattle Flow. The logo could just be Burt Reynolds' mustache. <laughs> Who do you got for Seattle? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, they got the uh, Space Needle. The Needlers. Uh, Houston. Tycoons. And Dallas. Um, propane. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. I lo- I don't know about any of those. I like DC Crooks and uh, LA Extreme are my favorite there, I guess. All right, there's your hot read, everybody. It's hard to come up with names, so the XFL does not have an easy task coming up with these eight. Very important, uh, but keep... Uh, Letting them hear you on social media. We got people like our buddy Jason Stem who made our awesome logo, our new show logo. He's firing up all sorts of logos, sending them the XFL's way. Who knows? Maybe they use one of those. You never know. It's a nude league. We're building it from scratch, and uh, they're listening to us. That's the show, though, guys. I think. Uh, oh, I can't forget, Jake. You're right. We got the giveaway. I mean, you sent the the big giveaway. We got. We got the swag bags. Okay. Here's how it's gonna work. As we get out of here today, this is going to be an Apple Podcast Drive slash giveaway. Here's how it works for all of you. All you have to do is subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Now it's called. So you could do it on your computer. You could do it on your phone. You subscribe and you leave a review. And when you leave a review... That helps our algorithms boost the the visibility of the show and the XFL, but it also will enter you to win one of those cool swag bags you saw Vince open up on YouTube. That was a great idea Jake had before the show, Vince. You think that's? I know we got the extra swag bags. You you didn't. You're cool giving them one away to a, a listener instead of keeping an extra one for yourself. I think right? we should because you know this league is for the fans, and that's what we want to do. We want to give back to them. So that's what we're and going we to do. Oh, sorry. Yes, Jake, when, I was going to say, whenever you're leaving that review, make sure you leave your Twitter Twitter handle, uh, your Instagram handle, some way for us to contact you whenever uh, we have this drawing. Yeah, yeah. Just leave a, a social media handle, maybe a, a, an email if you want on the review itself. And that way we know when we draw our winner next week, uh, who to contact. We'll announce the winner next week on our social media at XFL show, as well as on the program here. And uh, that's that's as simple as that. All you have to do is to go to your Apple Podcast app, subscribe to the show, leave a review. Boom, you're entered in the next week to win one of those cool XFL swag bags. And if you want to know what's in the bags, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash XFL show, and you can watch Vince open his up. He got one, too. And Vince, what was your favorite item in the the swag bag? Oh, my goodness. Uh, 
It's got to be that XFL t-shirt. It's just so comfortable. It is. It, it's pretty nice. Uh, I got one myself, but I don't. I don't know if you can go wrong with magnets, Jake. They're really good, especially if you're in your 30s and you're getting like a lot of friends are getting married. Great to put those those invites up on the refrigerator with that magnet. Oh, that, that and all the Christmas cards coming into people's mailboxes right now. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. It's all in that swag bag. And remember, the way for you to win one or enter to win one is to follow us, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and leave a review. Anyone who leaves reviews, enter to win. It's that simple. Uh, without further ado, though, that's the end of the show, unless you got anything else, Vince, breaking news or, or anything. All i got to say is they're listening. Yes, they are. Jake, anything until next week, man? Uh, let's see what happens with those Seattle salmon. <laughs> All right, everybody, for Jake and Vince, and, uh, well, Bryant couldn't make it on this show, but check out the bonus show he did. Uh, follow us, XFL Show, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the website. This is the XFL Show. Com. I'm Alan. Thanks for listening, everybody. More football talk next week. Football Sundays, 7 a.m. Subscribe! <laughs>